Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. In tonight's performance of this podcast, the role of console year fives will be played by an indie world showcase. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. You know, you and I were talking, not on not on mic, not on the show, but you and I were talking. Every now and then we talk, and it's not being recorded. You're right. <laughs> but why waste the content? Why waste it? Um, and we were feeling like, hey, we're probably maybe due for an indie world showcase you know feels That's like right. the timing could be right it's been a while since we, we've had one i believe the question i pose is hey are we due for a nintendo direct of some kind um because we had had the uh september showcase mm-hmm. um and other than the two videos that they promised during that showcase um we hadn't had anything in a while and i yeah. thought hey uh, what's going on? Last year we were getting partner showcases like yep, left and right left and right. Some of them not very good. Um, and, but we were also getting like indie world showcases and like all this kind of stuff. So you know we had we had a plan to uh, discuss console year fives to sort of assess where the switch was in its life cycle as it's compared to other uh, consoles. But look, all that noise is gonna have to wait till 2022. Right now, we are going to have to break down the Indie World Showcase that aired on Wednesday morning. Um, but Mark, before hey, before we get into that, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch is a game that you could borrow from me. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address, like a physical mailing address, a coordinates on the globe where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. Costs you nothing. I pay for postage both ways. Mark, there and back. Could be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there uh, that doesn't change the arrangement at all. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. Continues to be mm-hmm. the perfect program. Another thing you can do, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show. It improves our ranking in the podcast stores. If you leave us a review in the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. We see it there. If you leave us a review anywhere else, the podcast U.S. or the Apple Podcast Store, not in the U.S., a different podcatcher, or you share the show some other way, let us know. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to give you a shout-out. Yeah, we Mark, we love giving shout-outs. I'm going to do a shout-out right now just for an email we got. Uh, thanks, Keith. It was nice to get your email. Um, Keith was just enjoying the the Cardies, uh, said that we were talking about uh, Wheel of Time, Fire Emblem, and Mario, and he felt like he was home. So thank you, Keith. We appreciate the feedback. Everyone else, let's feel like we're home, too. Because um, this, look, this is a comfy place, right? I'm comfortable. Are you comfortable? I'm, I'm feeling great. Uh, we are recording, of course, in Mark's home right now, so <laughs> I have to assume <laughs> that he would be comfortable. Um, in the following weeks, we are only putting out one episode um, a week. Next week, the week of Christmas, we are going to be putting out uh, an episode where we're just talking about Sega Genesis games. The games are as follows. Gunstar Heroes, Rystar, and Golden Axe. 
And then the next week, the week of uh, New Year's, we still Sega Genesis games. We are talking about Fantasy Star Four: The End of the Millennium, Strider, and Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Yeah, it's going to be a real Genesis Christmas. Uh, and a real Genesis after Christmas. I guess maybe that falls into like the twelve days of Christmas period, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. When are the twelve days of Christmas? Do they start on Christmas? I'm going to be completely honest with you, Patrick. I have no idea. I'm going to say. Do you want me to take a guess? Yeah, of course. Then yeah, I think probably. Okay, great. Um, I think for our purposes, they start like three days before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so both these episodes can fall within them as well. Also. Uh, it's a Sega Genesis Christmas, an important distinction, not like the band. Right. Or like the book in the Bible, right? <laughs> right. Th- this is all important because a Genesis Christmas is confusing. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the, uh, enough screwing around, Mark. Let's get into the Indie World Showcase from Wednesday, December 15th at 9 a.m. <laughs> Pacific time. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Pacific time in the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> um, uh, announced in typical Nintendo fashion with like a day and a half's notice, mm-hmm. maybe like 36-ish hours notice. Um, and uh, 20 minutes of uh, new and new to the Switch games. Some surprisingly far out. A lot. I or I felt like, you know, the leading with one that was yes. holiday that was a full year away. Right. And that that's the furthest one out is ho- holiday twenty twenty two. There was a second where seeing that date up there and it's for Sea of Stars, which we are gonna talk about uh, in more detail, where my heart skipped a beat where I was like, Holiday? Like we're in <laughs> holiday now. I'm gonna play Sea of Stars and no, I'm not. I'm gonna have to wait just like everyone else plays Sea of Stars a year from now. Um but before we get into uh, the particulars, uh, how did you feel about this indie showcase? I thought this was a like a solid, nice indie showcase. I feel like uh, for all of these, you know, there are certain games that I'm anticipating. I really want to hear more about Sports Story. You know, really yeah. want to hear Where's Silk Song? Yeah, like um, the DLC for Katana Zero. But I also like that it's not just the same games over and over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we did see Ali Ali World in the previous uh, Indie World Showcase. Um, and we have Sea of Stars was announced previously. So, like, there's a lot here that uh, isn't, like, coming out of nowhere. Right. Um, but Well, I totally forgot. I had to go and do research about Sea of Stars. Because I was like, this seems familiar, but I forgot yeah. that it had been kickstarted in 2020. Although, before we get into that. Yeah. For some reason, this... Uh, Indie World Showcase, I was hyper-focused on the, like, developer intros Yes, for all of them, mm-hmm. and just thinking about, like, what a nightmare it would be if I were in their shoes and having to record one of those, because I would feel so self-conscious about, like, everything. And you record... Twice weekly a podcast. But not on video. Yeah, okay. Where, like, what am I doing with my eyes? When do I turn my head and look at, you know, the my co-presenter? Right. Am I blinking too much or not enough? Well, this is what I'm saying is that you at least have the broadcast experience of doing this podcast for the last five years. A lot of these people, you can tell, have no experience talking to a camera or in, in a recorded medium at all because they are working on making games. Yeah, I just feel like it's so uh, – it just seems like it'd be really hard. Here's the thing. 
Um, it is all of this stuff when you see these like uh, the developer intros or like them talking about their game for a second. That's all balanced with the professionals that Nintendo hires to do voiceover for uh, these presentations. And they're just delivering bad jokes and then unconvincingly groaning at those <laughs> bad jokes. So like I don't, like everyone's in good company. It's all no, it's, I'm not. It's all uh, yeah. kind of crummy. Performance, no, I'm like, absolutely not critiquing because what I I. <laughs> I we I I'm not. Because I'm critiquing. I've got notes. Because no, what I'm saying is like I feel like for them. I thought everybody did a serviceable job because I'm th- imagining myself in that scenario, and I'm like, it's not like I'm gonna like pull out some Oscar-winning performance <laughs> as I'm trying to you know sell people on my game. I just thought it was like funny. I for some reason it really I just paid a lot of attention to it. I think it's because when we talk about uh, Alicia, um, those developers in their thing, they had like they had like planned hand emotions that they did for certain parts so i just feel like it was it's a fun glimpse into like the different like personalities of these different studios yeah like the one the guy from like way forward uh for river city girls 2 right totally had this like i'm too cool for this type thing going on like it's uh i just thought it's i think it's a fun insight into uh, how the developers choose to present themselves. My favorite was the uh, the the guys from the studio that did Locomotive, where there was one guy who was obviously pretty comfortable with it, uh-huh. and the other guy who's just like v- audibly sweating. You know, <laughs> well, that was the one that got me thinking of like how it, how difficult it is to look. And th- this is from somebody who like the camera hates. I like I am not good on camera in any way, shape, or form. And so like. Uh, I was like hyper focused on. I the, refuse to believe I, that, Mark. No, the camera so must true. love you. Come no, on, I, it's so true. But I was. I uh, we'll talk about some of my commercial auditions <laughs> sometime. All right. Uh, but I, uh, I, I was so hyper focused on those two guys because that was the one where I was like, man, like, how do you naturally look at your presenting partner? Yeah. Right, because it all looks so um robotic yeah well, but then i'm thinking like yeah because there's a huge level of artifice to it yes yeah. yes and so it's just like it's a thankless job Absolutely. so thank you to all the presenters who are doing it <laughs> no because Mark, like if you thank them it is no longer a thankless job <laughs> <laughs> but anyways that's that was my takeaway i thought it was a, i thought it was a, gr- a fine indie world showcase it was like comfort yeah. food yeah, yeah right yeah. there weren't a ton of games that i was like that looks amazing but there were a lot of I thought like solid looking games. It just felt nice to have an indie world showcase. Yeah. And I was like the one guy where they were doing like the one, you know, the one take where he like stands up and then uh, speaking in Dutch and is like walking out of the room and then starts like singing in English. I yeah. started laughing. It was it, it's, it was magical. I, I love the whole experience. It's always uncomfortable to watch a man pick up a guitar and start singing. Right. <laughs> um, that That's uh the trailer for Figment 2. Um, and we will, of course, get to that. Mark, before, yes. I was just going to ask what you thought. Uh, so I liked it. I, I like this presentation a lot. Um, it started with Sea of Stars, which is absolutely a game that I'm 100% going to play. Um, it's uh, from the people that made The Messenger, which was one of my favorite games of 2019 or whenever it came out. Um, so like, I'm just at, I'm, I'm there for it already, and the type of game that it is and the uh, like influences that they're calling out are just, at, you know, that's the type of game I want to play. Um, but I also like sort of spent the rest of this day, like living in a nice, like uh, indie paradise. Cause I picked up shovel Knight pocket dungeon this morning and started playing through some of that. Um, and it's great. And I'm very happy with it. I know it's not featured in this presentation, but it all felt like a piece of a piece to me where like 
here are indie games I can get excited about. Here's an indie game I am currently excited to play. Yeah, I th- that's so much fun. I, I was trying to remember when the last Indie World Showcase was, and I did no research to look it up, but it feels like it has been a while. And so yeah. it was just... It was just nice to have, like, uh, Indie World Showcase. Yeah. And, you know, anytime there's a, a presentation from Nintendo... Not anytime. There are disappointing ones. Um, but usually uh, there's a presentation from Nintendo, and there's something in there yeah. to uh, to appreciate and to really, like, dig into and to get excited about for, you know, what's coming in the next year or so. Mark, should we get started? Yes, let's do it. First game up is Sea of Stars which we have now maybe described in its entirety. <laughs> uh, it's coming out holiday 2022. It is uh, from the studio that made The Messenger. It takes place in the universe of The Messenger um, and is uh, functionally a prequel, but is not, you know, they make a point of saying it's not necessary that you play one to understand the other. And totally different gameplay from The Messenger. Ooh, wholly different gameplay from The Messenger. The Messenger is a um, a ninja game, kind of uh, spends half of it being a very, like, Ninja Gaiden-like um, action platformer. And then the latter half of the game is, like, a Metroid-like game. Um, uh, I loved it. I loved it all the way through. I loved the um, expansion that they put out for it um, months after its its release. Uh, a game that I just adored. Um, and this new one is a Chrono Trigger esque uh, turn based RPG with um, you control a lunar monk and a solar blade dancer, um, and you perform eclipse magic together. I don't know. It sounds very cool. It does. Also, you know they are. It has the aesthetics of, you know, like a 16, classic 16-bit RPG. They even have uh, Yasunori Mitsuda composing some of the music. This is the yeah. famed composer of games like Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, which is really cool. It's very, very cool. Um, you know, the uh, Chrono Cross in particular is a soundtrack that I keep going back to. Um, sort of a, an underappreciated game, which maybe is getting a remake of some kind. We don't know. Rumors in the wind. Um, but the the soundtrack is just absolutely kicking all the way through. So I'm I'm very excited for this game. So this this is the first time. I, it really just tells you how like hyper focused my gaming is on Nintendo. It's like all I have the brain power for because I didn't realize that this was kickstarted in 2020. Um, yeah. For and at the time it was announced for consoles and PC. Switch is the first console that it's confirmed for, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this. I liked the Messenger. I fell off once it turns into like the 16-bit Metroidvania because I found I I just got lost. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked what I played of it and a turn like a throwback turn-based turn-based RPG with music by Mitsuda like. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if if it can pull off the just as the messenger does, where it's like it feels like a forgotten classic, um, and if it can be that, but for sixteen bit RPGs, like absolutely, I'm there. Yeah. Up next is a game called Alicia: The Oblivion of Twin Goddesses, planned for release in spring 2022. This is a Switch exclusive. And it sort of has to be, right? Right. Because uh, they, the way that the developers describe it, or maybe it was the announcers, I forget, um, is that you you control these two uh, twins, presumably these twin goddesses. Who knows? Maybe they're not goddesses. Um, that uh, one of them you control using motion controls uh, when the uh, Switch is in docked mode, and the other one you can control with or have to control with touch 
screen by like taking it into handheld mode. Yeah, and I feel like that's an important note is that seemingly that's like you have to play that way, which I think is really interesting. You know, if you're playing as the one sister, you are playing with motion controls. Right. And if you're playing as the other sister, you're playing with the touch screen and that's it. Yeah. And so seemingly not a game you're going to be able to play on the Switch Lite, right? Because like, well, you can't, there are, or I guess you could connect uh, Joy-Cons to it. But the Switch, does the Switch Lite, I have, I'm grappling with this for the first time. Does the Switch Lite have a touch screen? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you yeah, so definitely. I guess you could play. Uh, yeah, you would just need a separate set of Joy-Cons. Well, no, you would just play single player with the touchscreen. But you wouldn't be able to control the other sister. I don't think you have to. Oh, that you can choose which sister you play as? I This is all speculation. We don't know. <laughs> but I be, I believe the way that they are uh because you would otherwise you would have to have two systems. And I just don't no, I, th- I think the design, and this is also me uh, <laughs> struggling to understand. I think the idea is that it wants you to take the switch out of the dock, touch it with the touch screen, and then when you need to uh, play it with the uh, motion controls, put it back in the dock. Oh, interesting. Like, I think that, that could 100% be true. Yeah. That is not how I, the takeaway I had from it. The takeaway I had is that, like, you play as one sister or the other, and um, you are just controlling. That one sister. So the other character would be controlled by, like, AI or CPU or whatever. I have zero clue if that is true. That right. is just my That was just my assumption based on um, the little bit that they showed there. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I think there's a lot still to understand about this game. Because I also wasn't clear on uh, whether there are parts of this game that you are still just controlling with, like, sticks and buttons. And it's if it's just, like, there are special abilities that require them or, like, puzzle solving. Yeah. Again, my takeaway was, like, no. That it's, that it's, it's just either the all one way. Controls, okay. But, yeah. Um, they also mentioned uh, overlapping music when playing with a friend. And I'm not really sure what that means. Yeah. I wonder if it's, like... Two switches and... Right. Or if... Right. Because you can play... Uh, I, I think you can play in-person co-op or you can play on online cope co-op and i wonder if depending on which like sister you're controlling the music is different but when you're playing together, together that yeah. like the music is combined like complementary like exactly some way. yeah do you remember when we were playing uh triforce heroes with matt uh and we, you know we were all like locally connected the the 3ds's were all connected um directly and we would turn up our volume and the music would be perfectly it's synced such a, it was such a neat trick that was probably technically very difficult but you didn't like really think about it Mm -hmm. it just worked it was very cool yeah i uh remain forever impressed with some of nintendo's technology in like eliminating lag in things um it blows my mind that the uh playing a game on the wii u gamepad um, and like on the stuff on the screen is as fast as it is because that controller is not doing any computing. It's not doing any computing. Yeah. It, it takes your inputs, sends them wirelessly over to the machine that you're playing on, and then it w- wirelessly sends the like result back to the screen. It's it's remarkable that there's no lag in it. Yeah. I don't. Th- I'm just saying the Wii U doesn't get enough <laughs> uh, praise for this. Uh, I have I have really no idea what to make of this. Uh, I, I don't uh, really Alicia either. Yeah, game. I don't really either. Um, next up is Locomotive coming out summer 2022. It is a 1930s train murder mystery, um, and it's got kind of a uh, like pixel art 
uh, point-and-click adventure vibe to it. Yeah, you have in the notes here that it's like that old uh, scum LucasArts style. Mm-hmm. And I 100% agree. The first thing I thought of was Thimbleweed Park, totally, and, yes. which I played on Switch, and has that same sort of aesthetic. That, because they're all, that was also a throwback to the old LucasArts mm-hmm. point-and-click adventure games. I, th- I mean, look, this is checking so many boxes. I, was, I had to check you in know, with it's you, like yes. A, uh, closed room murder mystery right it's mm-hmm. on a train mm-hmm. check love it um two it's on a train check love it it's a murder mystery check love it 1930s check love it like mm-hmm. uh point and click adventure game totally here for it like this is really right up my alley for sure yeah uh it it does seem very cool i like the the aesthetic of it um like there, there are some parts where they show uh like the outside of the train and it seems like the 8-bit pixel art is like really pretty cool and like i they must be like faking it in some way because it looks um it looks very rad um you play as three different characters each of whom is suspected to like be the which i feel like is a fun idea too where it's uh you know like you have to prove clear you have to find who did it by and you have to clear your name that that's a fun idea uh a fully voiced cast mark what do you make of that that was one thing that when i saw it i was like oh like I almost, given the aesthetic, I sort of expect it to be text on screen. Yeah, it, interesting. Um, I I don't know, uh, you know. Yeah, you feel fine about it. <laughs> I feel I feel I. It doesn't make me more interested in the game. It doesn't make me less interested in the game. Um, I will. There's a good chance I'll play with the volume down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Voice acting is difficult to do well. Yes. Uh, the trailer had a classic getting hit in the crotch joke. Hey man, I, I not on my Indie World Showcase bingo card, but sure, you never but know. Now we should develop those for the future. If Nintendo gives us more than uh, thirty six hours, maybe we notice. just need we just need to stock one that okay. uh, you pull out for every Indie World Showcase. That's a, that's a great and idea. And now mm-hmm. getting hit in the crotch joke can be on there because that gate it, is open. There's precedent for uh-huh. it. Now. Got it. And then what? What else? What else would be on there? A game announced for more than a year from now. Uh huh. Um. Available today has got to be on there. Um, although that feels like a free space. And then uh, uh, Silk Song will also be on there, and we'll just <laughs> never get to fill that one in. Up next was After Love EP, releasing summer 2022. Set in Jakarta, Indonesia. The style and aesthetics are inspired by manga, but the, the developer talks about wanting people to be able to kind of like see the Jakarta that they know. It comes from the developer of What Comes After and Coffee Talk. The story is that after his girlfriend dies, Rama tries to deal with the grief, write music, and kind of like move on with his life. Part narrative adventure, part rhythm game with original music from Alfalfa, which is an Indonesian band. I thought this looked nice. I thought this looked cool. Yeah, this this looked cool i i'm interested to the uh like rhythm game parts of it that they showed off seemed pretty simple yeah um that it was like a single note and you just had to like tap it in uh rhythm um but i like stories about uh musician musicians using their music to deal with grief like um that is such a uh like for me a, a way to actually like or a way that I have used music is to like just deal with what I'm going through, uh, and especially like as a as a songwriter or as a musician. Um, so I don't know. I feel like we don't get games about this sort of thing a lot. 
so to sort of like fold in the narrative elements with the rhythm game elements, yeah, it it, it seems dope. Uh, the yes. I thought the music in the trailer was really cool. There was uh one other game coming up that sorry Figment Two Creed Valley was not Figment Two Creed Valley, but uh there was a song in the trailer for that that I really liked as well. Uh, we'll talk about it later. All right, cool. The next up is uh, Dungeon Munchies, which is available right now. And Mark, before we get into describing this, is this the most indie <laughs> video game you've ever seen in your life? It is. It's like the er indie video game. So you play as a dead man who has risen from his coffin in some sort of laboratory. Um, and all you encounter are types of food that are trying to kill you. You can kill the food and fry them up in a skillet. The skillet has a face, um, and then you can eat the food that you make with the food that you murdered to give yourself power-ups to fight bigger food. Yep. Um, and ha- it seemingly has that, like, uh, oh, what's that, like, um, like Terraria or one of those, like, Minecraft-esque uh yeah yeah except it, to it. yeah it's not like 3d art yes, like yes. minecraft but it does it i mean it has kind of like the quintessential indie look yes like that's yeah, totally. that you have seen this art style before not that it is done bad no it looks fun like it, it looks funny yes. like it has a really good sense of humor but it is very much like this is an indie game. This is an indie game. It has an indie game sense of humor. I, I think there is a witch named Simmer. <laughs> I I think because my brain has been, I I'm just so like I see everything through a Nintendo lens. Yeah. That when I saw you know that like cooking mechanic and everything, I was like, oh, they were inspired by Bre- that Breath of the Wild cooking mechanic and took that and you know turned it into something else. There's cooking in a lot of video games, there is right? So it's not games, like yeah. that is an accurate assessment of what happened, but that's where my mind went. I mean, even just that the game is called Dungeon Munchies, like, I don't know, there's something about that that feels very, like, early 2000s. Um, I'm sure this is a fine and lovely game, but, like... Yeah, it, I think I thought it looked fun. Like, I thought it looked right. cute. Um, I, I think it is always... date Like, Patrick, if someday we, yes. ha- we have a game... Featured in the Indie World Showcase. Right. And, and we, God willing, we will. And we have an opportunity yes. to, um, like, I don't know. Do you think that they can, they have veto power over the narration or, like, they can give input to oh, the, that's the narrators? Because we, I feel like we would not allow hilarious side-splitting story to that that phrase to be associated with our game. That's a, no, it's a real problem. It's a, it's a red flag where it's like, look how funny this game is trying to be. Yeah. Um, and I don't, it, 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 the whole thing has me a little worried. If someone's playing dungeon munchies again, it is available today. Um, and it's fun. Let me know. Cause I'd be happy to eat my words. On oh this. yeah. I thought it looked cute. Like I agree with you that it is totally like the uh, hyper. It's like the manic pixie dream girl of indie games. Yes. Right. But I thought it looked fun. It's like Devolver Digital Incarnate, right? <laughs> it's my friend Pedro is what we're talking about yeah, here, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Up next was Figment 2 Creed Valley. Mark's really favorite. Seen. February 2022, there's a demo available today. I have uh, nothing against this game. I just thought that <laughs> I just thought that the intro video, for whatever reason, was like uh, hilariously... I just thought the whole thing was hilarious. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those uh, just it's so earnest, right? Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, you know makes it a, not not the best to, <laughs> to to laugh at, but like I don't know. Here we are. Yep. Um. So it's it, it's cool though. Um. 
obviously they're they're putting their the music sort of like front and center and they say that the uh, music changes with boss fights and you know to sort of like match the gameplay no real demonstration of what that means right exactly. which i thought was interesting um because like like what does that mean do you, are more uh instruments like layered in as you go into different areas as you equip things as you jump on yoshi are there suddenly tom toms there too you like playing along with the music um not really clear are you familiar with the original Figment? No, I've never yeah, heard of it. Me either. And in fact, them saying Figment just makes me think of the Journey into Imagination. Uh, Epcot, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and that purple dragon named Figment. Uh, this looks kind of like a hack and slashy Zelda thing. Uh, in the words of the narration, it is a musical puzzle adventure game set inside the human mind. Uh, and you can play either in solo or in co-op. Um it looks uh, interesting. I think the it's neat to see an art style that is uh, not pixel art um, in these things. It's always sort of novel to see someone doing something not just that. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see. Well, I guess I could check out the demo. I'm going to check out the demo for this one. Yeah, and do, we don't have to wait that long for the full game, February. Uh, next up is Let's Play Oink Games, also available now. Um, this is a series of tabletop games from Oink Games, which must be must be a game publisher. I'm not familiar with them, Mark. I don't know if you are. Um, but the four games that are available on it now are Startups, Deep Sea Adventure, A Fake Artist Goes to New York, and Moon Adventure. Yeah, I thought that this looked... It, cute. It reminded me of Clubhouse Games totally. a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not familiar with Oink Games, but it seems like they are a you know tabletop board game company. And a fake artist goes to New York. That's what a great, great name. name. What a great name. Yeah. It seems like, uh, based on the little bit that they saw, mm-hmm. it seems like a, a fun game um, or the little bit that they showed. I really want to keep calling this. I just feel like it should have been called Let's Oink. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's oink is pretty good. <laughs> you have to know what <laughs> oink games is for it to work. Let's play oink games. At least, like you know. Oh, I'm gonna play games on this. Right. Right. And specifically, oink, oink games. games. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. This. Uh. I. I, I liked the aesthetic of um, both uh, Deep Sea Adventure and Moon Adventure. That like. It seems like the actual game pieces, like if you had the real tabletop versions, would be just like little wooden pieces, right? Like little uh, cutouts of like people and like tiles and stuff. Um, so it's not the really like detailed, like molded plastic or, you know, like whatever sort of modular game board nonsense. Um, like they all felt like classic games that I've never played. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it also like they weren't they're not going for the hyper realism yeah. of, you know, a clubhouse games or something. Where um, it's a, it like has like that tactile, you know, like felt feel and yeah, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. This is very more. This is more playful. I, I thought it looked really inviting. Um, so uh, you can do either online or local play. More games will be added in the future, which is uh, cool, but also kind of like what put all the games in the game. <laughs> um, and it's a timed exclusive, a timed console exclusive on Switch, uh, and it is available now. Up next was. Endling Extinction is Forever in Spring 2022. And the developers in the beginning let you know that this game is going to be a bummer. 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 That they're like, this is, uh, we're going to show you a world that will happen if we don't change our consumption habits. Which I agree with, but it's also like, man, what what a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you're the last Mama Fox in a world ravaged by mankind 
just trying to take care of your three cubs, which are one, really cute. So cute. And two, not all going to make it, seemingly. Depending on how you play, not all of your cubs may survive to the end, which... Harsh. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. Um, I would love to play, and they describe it as a stealth survival adventure game, uh, where you're playing as, as, a, as a mother fox with the three cubs. That sounds incredible. But the fact that it is like expressly a bummer, I don't know that I have the heart to play this I game. I know. Also, I I laughed or I laughed a little bit when it's like the goal is to reach the one place on earth humans can't hurt you. Where is that? Yeah, that's what I was trying is that? to figure out. It, it feels the, like the Great Valley in the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> like where is it? Where do the, where can foxes go? The land before time. Um yeah, the, it it I think it's a it's an interesting idea. It's just too much of a bummer for me. <laughs> right. It's it's, it's also, the it last feels, of us with foxes is yeah, what it is. I, I I feel a little bit like um uh that like John Lennon Yoko Ono Christmas song where at the course Sure, war is over if war you want is it. over yeah. and it's like I don't want more John Lennon. <laughs> don't look at me. Right? That's how I feel about this where oh, it's like Oh, okay. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> where it's like the ravages of man and it's like, "Hey, I'm trying." Right. You know? I'm doing the best what? I can. I'm not running, you know, uh, 50 computers in my garage to develop this game. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, heal thyself. So, um yeah, just a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Um I think I will play this game. Uh, every now and then, I yeah, am, you, you, I am you, ready for a bummer. Yeah, right? you you and I are different in that way. Where <laughs> I I just can't handle it. I'm gonna watch Murder She Wrote. You you can text me. Let me know how it is. Um, I will. I'm guessing I won't have to wield the gun in the game. <laughs> Although, actually, would I would play this game if the <laughs> if the if, like the mother fox like pulls right. out a gun, right? It's just taking out humanity one yeah, by one. Sure, it start, starts taking out like NFT bros. <laughs> Uh, next up is Ali Ali World, which is coming out February 8th, 2022. Is this the first time we're seeing a release date for that? I believe that is true. Ali Ali World featured in a previous uh, Indie World showcase. It is, of course, the skateboarding action platformer taking place in Radlandia um, and your journey to Narvana. Uh, I have in our notes here, I'm not sure how Narvana is spelled. Do you think with a G or not? I with do. A G? I think it's like gnarly for yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Narvana. Um, uh, you can share the paths that you take through the levels with your friends. You can unlock new gear. You can start your pre-orders now. And there are bonus items uh, associated with that pre-order to customize your hero. Mark, I think you expressed some interest in uh, Ali Ali World. I think it looks really yeah. cool. I mean, transparently, I don't think I'll ever – I don't think I will buy it. Yeah. But I think, like, aesthetically it is very pleasing. Yeah, and uh, what a wild thing for Ali Ali to become because it is such a, like – sim like skating game right to then become this like you know whacked out uh, adventure in radlandia uh just seems very funny to me another game that i thought looked really cool is river city girls 2 mm-hmm. releasing summer 2022 um this is the other trailer i was like this music i i liked this pop song that was playing underneath it that i think was written for the game or at least for the trailer. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably right. And the composer from the first game is returning Megan McDuffie, um, coming back to do music for this game. It seems like it's just another uh, River City Girls game, um, but the first one was uh, well-received and looks great. So, uh, yeah, why not get another one? Yep. 
and then we move into sizzle reel territory. Mark will go through these uh, quick unless we want to stop on stuff. Uh, first up is Parkasaurus, which comes out spring 2022. It is a uh, like a roller coaster tycoon, zoo tycoon type game. Uh, but there, it's a management game for a dinosaur park, um, which is that's sort of what Jurassic World Evolutions is, I, right? I think so, but just without the Jurassic World without the, license. Yeah. yeah. Which, hey. I like dinosaurs. Yep. I don't like Jurassic World. No, the, uh, I actually, because this is not like uh, realistically rendered or anything. Right. And I, I thought the aesthetic was fun. There is a cute point in the trailer, and it's like a seven second trailer, where a giant red T-Rex like bites through a fence. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm all about that. Uh, next up was Don't Starve Together, also releasing in spring 2022. And hey, isn't there a free preview of the original Don't Starve? Starting today for Nintendo Switch Online members in the U.S. Mark, you're gonna have to answer your own question. There is, wow. there is. That is a thing that is happening. Very fortuitous timing. Uh, so check that out. And then up next is Chicory, a colorful tale, which is a uh, available now. Um, and Chicory, Mark, you have this. Uh, I, I just, from I, Google? I yeah. thought it looked fun, but mm -hmm. I had because it's like a black and white world. Like, uh, although you see like color in the trailer. Um, almost looks like a coloring book. And so I was mm -hmm. trying to figure out what that was. So I looked it up. Chicory, A Colorful Tale is a 2D adventure video game. Uh, it features an anthropomorphic dog with a magical paintbrush, which is used to color the game world. I thought it looked cute. Yeah, and I've heard uh, good things about this game. I believe it's on uh, PlayStation at, 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 pl at present, maybe even other platforms as well. Um, but so that's a cool one. It's available now. Um, next up is Baby Storm, which comes out January 21st. Finally, a release date for Baby Storm. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to read our notes here verbatim. Uh, first bullet point just reads, no thanks. Second bullet point reads, I can't even tell what's happening. There's four there's uh, babies and then four seemingly grown characters you can change the look of. It looks like tower defense against babies, question mark. We don't know what to make of this thing. <laughs> Up next was Grime, summer coming in summer summer twenty twenty two. It's a side scrolling, maybe a cinematic platformer. Kind of um, looks like flashback. It, I don't know. I feel like these short little sizzle reel things for some of these games are not really doing it any favors. But maybe if you're already familiar with them from other platforms, it's more just saying like, yeah. hey, it's coming to Switch. Or like in the example of the next one, uh, Gerda, A Flame in Winter, which comes out sometime in 2022, is from Don't Nod Studios. So that is a, a studio that people may recognize. It's like a third-person narrative adventure that takes place in an occupied Danish village during World War II. Um, sounds like a bummer, but that's what it is. <laughs> Up next was Timely. Which, based on nothing, I'm assuming is Amelie's brother. Uh, okay, so that's a very good joke, but I think it's Time Lie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Timely, though, as uh, Amelie's brother, is perfect. So I'm sorry to have to give you the note that I think it's probably time like Timeline, but with lie instead of lie. Yes, that makes significantly more sense. Yeah. It's an isometric puzzle adventure game. Can't remember if I already said this, but it's available today with the demo. Uh, and then the last game in the sizzle reel is a game called Behind the Frame, The Finest Scenery, coming out in spring 2022. This is another like point-and-click adventure-looking thing. Um, they show the player character doing three things. One, playing music on a jukebox. Two, making eggs in a frying pan. And three, painting. No idea what this game is. All three things that I like. I yeah okay sure <laughs> I, I like those things I like them as well I have a hard time connecting them other than just like 
things I might do during the day if I were painting. <laughs> also, nobody steal the idea for Timely. That is copyright. That is Patrick and I's copyright us. Yeah, that's right. Starting today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay, and then we get out of the sizzle reel uh, with, uh, uh, okay, that's it. We're taking off. Psych, one more thing, and the one more thing is uh, Omri, which is coming out in spring 2022. Uh, you travel back and forth between two strange and vibrant worlds to uncover a forgotten past. Um, this is a uh, turn-based RPG with some interesting aesthetics uh, and illustrations by Amakat, who also wrote, produced, directed, and coded much of the game. Uh, this They call out uh, during the trailer that it deals with some heavy topics, a sort of trigger warning uh, yeah, I feel, six months I in I feel advance. like maybe that's another yeah. one for the bingo card is content warning. Yeah. Um, I don't. We've never seen that before, though, right? I don't think so, yeah. This was... This is a game that was released previously on PC and Mac. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a couple, or maybe 2020 was when it released. The creator of it um, says that originally they were planning for it to be a webcomic, but they decided to turn it into a game. I think they used RPG Maker. Mm. Uh, turn it into a game to allow people to like affect the story with their changes, but that it was a way for them to deal with like a difficult time in their life. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think it looks really cool. This is a very well-received game on PC. Uh, but I felt like it was a fitting capstone for this particular Indie Direct, which I felt like had a lot of games that... Feels like people are going through something. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, like, collectively the uh, indie video game scene is feeling something. Like, Endling, uh, sort of Figment 2, definitely After Love EP... Uh, and Omri are all like kind of heavy bummer games, right? Which is like, how do you deal with the fact that the world is crumbling or the people you love right. die or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. So it it felt like, a th yeah, like it felt like a good end, a good game to end on. It felt thematically true. Yes. So, Mark, now that we have come to the end of the Indie World Showcase, uh, let, it, what, what what's your what's your favorite like announcement or trailer? What, what was your favorite part of this thing? I think the two that I am looking forward to the most are, um, Sea of Stars, and the oh man, oh Locomotive. Yeah, yeah. The, the the those are my two as well, but with like a heavy emphasis on Sea of Stars. Yeah, like locomotive i'm interested in i may play it i may you know experience it vicariously through you um but sea of stars is a day one uh purchase for me uh and not featured in this uh indie showcase but i'm really enjoying shovel knight pocket dungeon <laughs> well who knows uh because of course this is the uh last like normal episode of ncs for the year who knows when the next time we'll be able to talk about the games we've been playing are i mean January of right, 2022. It'll be January, yeah. right? That that's that's exactly when January second or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, uh, we are leaving you in the hands of past us as we recorded the Sega Genesis episodes uh, that are going up in the next couple weeks. Uh, we've recorded those already. They're good episodes. You're in good hands, our hands. <laughs> um, and we'll uh, see you guys next year. Yeah, right? everybody have a good holiday. Uh, this is a, a, uh, we will reiterate the same sentiment uh, on the Sega Genesis <laughs> episodes. Uh, but in the meantime, let's close this out. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Doesn't matter where that is. Just 
anywhere where someone might see it. We appreciate it a bunch. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder I than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>